0: Welcome to Ms. Cecil's Unknown Achievers. This is episode number three. If you've listened to the first two episodes, I thank you. If you're checking it out for the first time, I appreciate it and hope you enjoy getting to know these entrepreneurs. Today I'm chatting with an entrepreneur from my hometown of Oak Park, Illinois. She is in a specialized segment of the food industry. She's Joellen Tulipano Huebner, and she's the owner of Sweet Soiree, a Chicago based dessert catering company. So, welcome to Cecil's Unknown Achievers, Joellen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. To start, Joellen, just please give us a brief overview of what Sweet Saura is.
1: So, we are a specialized, like you said, a specialized dessert catering company, but we we do custom-designed dessert tables, so... Our dessert tables look very, very different than what our mothers' and grandmothers' wedding dessert tables look like. So it wasn't just a bunch of desserts thrown on a table. Everything is customized. There's, you know, people pick, pick a color or a theme, um, and we create everything. So the desserts are customized to match the linens, to match the backdrops, and all the, dessert, all the decorations. So um, it, it, gives you, it gives a really big visual impact to any type of party or event. Um, and we do everything from weddings, to mitzvahs, to quinceañeras, to on and on, any time, every uh, type of special event that people are celebrating.
0: Yeah, I've looked, I've seen your sites and some of the examples of your work. I saw the interview, I guess you had on uh, WCIU, ICU in Chicago. Ooh, mm-hmm. and you, your creative skills are off the charts. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, how did that develop? How did you learn how to do that?
1: Well. You know, I've always, I come from a super creative family. My mother, my grandmother, my mothers are all really creative. So, but I, I think it was in me, but I've always wanted, I've always been interested in baking and I always wanted to learn how to do cakes. When I was in the mortgage business and the mortgage, the crisis was looming in 2008. Um, I was going to look into Wilton and some of the other schools to take a cake decorating course. Um, and I happened to be driving by a local bakery in my neighborhood that said "cake decorator wanted, will train." So I'm like, mm, "I think I'm going to take a walk in there and see what that's about." So I did. The guy gave me a piping bag. I had never really done much, but I'd done a little bit. I, I, you know, had picked up a piping bag before and just sort of done some practicing. But he just sort of looked at my what I was able to do, and I, he said, "Oh, okay, you, you have a little bit of skills here. Um, do you want to, you know, do you want to start?" So I started, I started as just an intern and you know, worked as an intern for a, for a few weeks and just learned how to do cakes and loved it. I really loved it. I loved that, the creativity behind it. Um, and then I started doing cakes on the side. And then I sort of happened to just fall upon, you know, when social, as social media was getting more popular, I just happened to fall into some websites that had the people were doing these super creative dessert tables. It was a really big craze in Australia, sort of where it started. I mean, you know, people were having themed parties, you know, somebody was having a Minnie Mouse themed first birthday party. And I saw these tables that were just crazy, crazy beautiful with, their, with the design. So, and thinking back on it, I have a, a merchandising and fashion design background. That's where I went to school for. Dream job was to do windows, um, you know, Macy's or department store windows. That was sort of my dream job. And somebody pointed out to me recently, they said, You're actually doing that just on a very, very small scale, a much, much smaller scale. Mm-hmm. That was really interesting. So, yeah, it's all about just the visual design aspect to it. And I, I just love it, I absolutely love it.
0: Yeah, it, it's super impressive. And you started out, you were in the, the mortgage banking industry. Typically, when you think of a mortgage banker, you don't think of someone with the creative skills that that you have. How, how did you start out or how did you get into banking? what What led yeah. to that career choice?
1: Yeah, I should I never should have. Um, my yeah, because my background is fashion design and fashion merchandising. that's what I went to school for. but um, I was a board of trader. I worked out at the board of Trade for a decade and went to school part time while I was doing that. Um, and that was fulfilling my creative outlet. And then I just got into sales, and then just ended up in the mortgage business. Ended up as a mortgage broker, and then I went to the other side to Citigroup to be a. Then I then I called on brokers um, as a as an account rep for City City Mortgage, which is part of Citigroup. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I was never fulfilled creatively, so I was I was looking for something. I was always doing crafting, making cards, and doing different crafting projects to sort of fulfill that and. Um, so I just, that's sort of what I was thinking is, you know, jumping into cakes was just going to be a hobby. And I, and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with cakes and then fell into this dessert thing and saw all these really intricate displays. And, um, I, re- I just fell in love with it and said, I have to do this.
0: Very cool. So I know many of the op- entrepreneurs that I've talked to start off, they have a nine to five job and running their venture on the side. And their reasons for starting that venture is sometimes, you know, a combination of dissatisfaction with their job and a love for doing something else. So you were kind of falling into that, that area.
1: Definitely. You know, being creative, you know, besides what my background was, you know, as far as my education and merchandising, I, I, I just didn't think I could ever, you know, have a career doing something creative. I never really thought of it. I didn't think I could have a successful career doing something creative. So when I fell fell into this and you know started pricing started pricing cakes and started pricing out my dessert tables and thinking, wow, is somebody going, is somebody going to pay me to actually <laughs> pay me to do a dessert table? And and you know years ago people were like, somebody's going to pay you thousands of dollars to do dessert tables. I don't know about that, Joan. I think you're kind of crazy and like, okay, you'll, you'll see. It'll happen. So, obviously, you start out with your pricing low at the very beginning, you know, and to, to create until you get established. But um, it's been very, very nice. It's been 10 years and, um, you know, having having a blast.
0: So, take us back to when you said it was 10 years ago. You're thinking about making that jump and leaving banking to go into sweet soiree with both feet. What's going on in your, your head at that time?
1: Well, I didn't have much of a choice because the mortgage business in 2008 was crashing. It, the mortgage business was just imploding. So um, it wasn't really a choice at that time. I just thought I'll cr- I'll, I'll do something creatively and then figure the rest out. Um, but I was part of a, of, of a big layoff of 500 people at City Mortgage. Mm. Um, So I thought, you know, maybe it's time to do something. So for a little while, I obviously I did that internship at the bakery for a little while and then started doing cakes on the side. I did that for about three months and then thought, yeah, it doesn't quite pay the bill. So I'm going to have to do something. So I did a little bit more banking on the side um, and then went um, and then decided I'm going to slowly phase slowly phase out of that. As I, you know, I was, as I built my business as, you know, it takes time for that to come about, but time, every time I did an event, I usually got another referral. I usually got a one or two new clients from that, from that event. And that's sort of how it happened. It's snowbub but It just, it starts with baby steps. So, but just dedication and putting the time in and all the stuff that you learn along the way, from building a website to building your to building your portfolio and all that that goes in with it. But it was a slow process, but it, it was able to be done.
0: So you mentioned briefly the you know when you were starting, you may have had some input from folks, uh, maybe friends or family uh, with doubts about you know can can you really do this? Are people really going to pay for this sort of thing? How, how did you deal with the, uh, the naysayers, which we all have to deal with sometimes?
1: Uh, yeah, we, we do. There, there weren't many, but there were a few. And, um, you know, you just, you, you just have to, it has to go in one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. I knew my heart what I had, uh, I knew in my heart that it was something special and I knew that I really loved doing it. So, um, you just have to, you have to let it go in one ear and out the other and move forward. You really can't let that get you down. But it de- definitely takes time. It takes time to earn the reputation, you know, to earn earn enough value for you know for the services and what you're providing, and in trust. Obviously, that's a big part of it. Is the client trust?
0: Sure. You know, good for you for being able to handle that. Sometimes the advice we get from folks and it's people we love you too, too. You know, it could be. Family and they want the best for us, but they don't really understand what's in our heads and you know how driven we are to do this. So Great. kudos right. to you for continuing it. Thank
1: you. It's funny. It's funny. Even my mother still said, it really wasn't a naysayer?" But even my mother sometimes finds it funny. She says, "They paid you what? <laughs> Did you what for that dessert table?" And I said, "You have no." Way. I said, "The the amount of work, the hours." You know, all the little creative touches are, you know, everything is customized from, you know, creating sugar flowers one at a time that go atop of a cookie and things like that. The the amount of hours, I said, you, you really can't charge enough when you think about the, the amount of hours to create a custom cake or some custom dessert. So, it's really about that, the amount of time that's put in um, that is is really what it is. But, yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny. <laughs>
0: You're in a unique industry, I think. There are other companies that do catering. A lot of successful businesses are good at exploiting or maybe a better word, uh, leveraging their uniqueness. What do you feel separates Sweet Soiree from other dessert catering companies?
1: Um, Well, you know, that's a good question. I've had a lot of customers tell me, uh, I I guess I feel it's, it's my design aesthetic. So... Probably the best compliment I ever received was somebody who was at a wedding and they sent me a, they, you know, sent me a shout out on social media and said, I was at a wedding and I knew it was one of your designs. I knew this table had to be yours because I've seen your work. And, um, I thought that was a great compliment. So, you know, I think it's just my design aesthetic. Somebody said you're, it's, somebody called it buttoned up one time. Somebody said it's, you know, sophisticated without being gaudy. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's difficult to say, but, um. I, I think I have a really good design aesthetic. So it's, it's interesting how things are placed, how things come together visually. Um, you know, I'm, I like symmetry and balance. So, you know, the tables are designed a certain way that they're, I sort of cut them in half and have the same, same visually looking things on the left side as I do on the right side. So it's just sort of about build, building balance and building visual appeal. So I think I think that's I think that's my uniqueness is is just my aesthetic,
0: and that's what you lead with. I assume when you're trying to get uh, new clients, or where, where do your clients come from typically? Is it is it all referral?
1: Um, I mean, they come from all over. I I haven't done any advertising recently. I spent a ton of money last year advertising, and I I thought I just. I couldn't do it. I didn't see a lot back from it. I, you know, I, I advertised in wedding magazines and different um, different periodicals, and I just never saw I never saw a return on it. And I thought that there's got to be a better way to do this. So, um, it's mainly social media. I get a lot of I get a lot of business from Instagram. I do Facebook ads every once in a while because they're pretty inexpensive to run. A few, you know, you just put a put up a post and you boost it for. $30 and, and you can drill down on the type of, you know, the area that you want to advertise in, what types of people, you know, you could put different themes You're looking for, you know, you want to drum up business for a baby shower or a wedding shower. You can put different, um, you can put different topics in for what your searches and what people are looking for on Facebook. So Facebook is a, is a way to do to run ads that are just that are, that are inexpensive. It's it's a way, but I I really haven't done any advertising in about a in about a year and a half or so, which I've been really lucky. So, it's it's basically either referrals or somebody from social media that sees my work. So yeah, being, I
0: mean, it's, with, the, you know, with
1: the is super important.
0: The visual aspect of what you do, gosh, I I think once people see it and you've done a great job on your website, there's there's uh, photos of of what you've done, which are our top notch. I mean, once people see it, they'll immediately understand what, what <laughs> you
1: can yes, I work very hard on that. Yes, that's true. Um, just opening up a, a photo, it tells, tells the client exactly what they need to know. So yes, photos are really important. You know, at the beginning of this, it was really difficult for me. Um, I'm shy and introverted, which people don't realize that because I have a big personality, people think I'm, you know, I'm, they're different than I am, but I'm I'm pretty shy, and I I have a really hard time getting accolades and sort of promoting myself at the beginning of this. this is, it was super difficult for me. Um, if I ever do a dessert table for a family member or friend, and I'm at a and I'm and I'm attending the event that I'm that I'm you know that I did a dessert table for, and make them promise that they won't tell anybody that I. T- <laughs> Just because, you know, it's very nice. People are super nice. They're complimentary. They're, you know, very, very impressed. But I end up talking about myself the whole entire time. And it's it's hard for me. It's strange. So putting, putting stuff on social media, you know, obviously I have to say positive things about my posts. Sure. You know, it's beautiful and cute. And that was a really big adjustment for me. I'm better at it now, but it's it was a, it was a big adjustment for me promoting myself because... You know, I had to say how great it was, how beautiful it was, and that was just strange to me. So, um, I've gotten better at it, and have have been able to have learned to separate those two aspects. But yeah, that was a challenge.
0: It's interesting you say that because I'm in the voiceover industry, and there's a lot of folks that share that same feeling. Like it, it's a little challenging for them to to promote themselves. and and talk about themselves in a positive light. And it's it's interesting that that's the way that you will gain business by getting people to hear that from you. So
1: you have to to brag about yourself, which is very, very strange (laughs) (laughs) because obviously there are people that do that, but I'm definitely not one of them. So it's, it's not easy for sure.
0: Well, you're doing something right so far because, uh, Clearly you're, you're successful and it's growing. So.
1: Trying, trying to get over those hurdles, but trying, but like I said, I've gotten better at, I've gotten better at that because I, I don't have a choice.
0: So who is a good customer for like, what's, what's the sweet spot in terms of ideal customers for you? Ah, sweet spot. See what I did there?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, really, to be honest, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's mainly female driven, for sure. Um, I would say it's probably 90. I think my customers are 99.9% females. Um, not that, but, but just because they're usually the decision maker, when it happens to when it, I, in this category, if somebody's, you know, doing events. Um, but I, I, so I, it's, it's very broad. It's broad. It's really, it's anybody who's putting on an event who has a, a certain budget um, anyone who's putting on, a, on an event that wants something special for their guests, something memorable, something, you know, something that they will, that will, they'll take the party to a a, a different level and, and, and make it special.
0: Clearly you do more than weddings, but are you dealing with wedding planners? Is, do those? Sure,
1: sure. Yes. I have a lot of wedding planners that I work with that, um, refer events to me. Wedding planners. Yes. Event planners. Um, country clubs, I have some country clubs that I work with that refer their, their customers to me, which are, you know, members because country clubs don't want to, they don't want to take on the responsibility of this, the setup. So, you know, what, what we do is we, we, we set everything up. So we literally bring everything in, everything that you see on my dessert tables, everything except the table. We have brought in a table before, but we don't I don't love to. So, um, but usually there's a table there. Um, but everything we do is we bring it all in. We bring in from everything, from everything you see on it, from the linens, the backdrops, all the scoopers, everything that's on the table, plus all the desserts. We bring it all in and then we break it down at the end of the event. We come in at the end of the event or the next day and break it all down. So um, but so it's really anybody. It's home-based parties, home-based events, weddings. Uh, like I said, baby showers, bridal showers, bridal brunches. So there's... Anyone who's, you know, it's usually just a special occasion that somebody's having. They want to do something a little extra special.
0: So you're going in before the event. You're, do you, I know you said if you're as a part of the event, you'll stick around, but are, are you typically not watching people interact with it?
1: No, I'm not. So we definitely, we set it up before. It's it's set up prior to the, to the event, you know, a few hours prior to the event. And we go away. And we come back at the end of the event. So no, um, I don't see people interacting really. And that that's sort of the, we, we did that once. Um, we did, my sister and I was was my helper for the day. And we set up a wedding at, I think it was like Eagle Ridge Country Club or somewhere somewhere out in the Western suburbs. So depending on the event and what we're doing, we ended up getting a room and spending the night. So we thought that was kind of fun because it was, oh, it, was, it, was our, it was in December. It was the end of December and it was super snowy and it was a, so I thought driving back and forth, let's just set up the event and we'll stay overnight. And then we'll go back at, you know, one in the morning and break it down, put it on. The- so we sort of snuck in, we sort of snuck in and peeked in the door as uh, it did dessert time just to sort of see people interacting with it. Because we've, I've, we never really get to see that part. Sure. That was sort of fun. But yeah, so but we, we, we you normally know, typically set it up and then we leave and then we come back and break it down.
0: You mentioned we a couple of times this is not sweet soiree is not a one woman show.
1: It is a one woman show, but we, meeting, you know, I, I do have help when I set up, I can't, you know, smaller events I can set up on my own, but, um, the bigger events, I definitely have help. It's usually a family member. My sister has been a great partner. My sister's a teacher. And, and so she's off in the summertime when the event, the event industry is really pretty busy. A lot of events happen between you know June and November. So but my sister is, my has been a right hand to me which is great um, my sister and my niece and you know a, a couple of friends are usually at the helm when i say hey we need some help we have a really big event we need some help setting up so but it's been great it's been really great to be able to lean on her my sister she's the calm in my
0: storm <laughs> everybody <laughs> needs a person like that definitely is yes so so you've been doing this for 10 years talk about some of the growing pains that you've had when you first started out and you know, how you've been able to learn from that since?
1: Uh, Well, you know, I have to say I've been lucky. I haven't had a lot of pains because I started out really small. Um, I don't have a lot of overhead. You know, I do rent a commercial kitchen um, because unfortunately you can't bake out of your home in, in the state of Illinois, which I would love for that to change, but that's what it is for now. Um, so, I do rent a commercial space, so but I like i said my my overhead is small, and that's that's the important part um, as far as growing pains, I would say I would have to say probably the the biggest thing that has been painful or bother or are, are probably uh, people that I have mentored i there are some other women that I've mentored before, and um actually multiple, multiple people that I've mentored that have, you know, plagiarized my website. I've worked really hard on my website and all the verbiage is mine. I wrote it, designed it and wrote it myself. And mm-hmm. so I know so when I'm being plagiarized because those words are mine. Um, but yeah, there's no, a, a, you know, so that, that's a little painful, but it it is what it is. I know that flattery is, you know, I know the biggest compliment or we should be flattered if somebody's, you know, copying our work. Right should take it as a compliment so but it's that was a little bit of it was just a little bit of an of an annoyance because um yeah somebody's looking looking for some help and i i really believe in you know helping other people um move forward i i have no problem giving advice and um you know holding somebody's hand to help them do it but yeah it's it's it hurts when they when they steal your words from your website and and you know if, and then they become a competitor so not that anyone's, you know, I, I don't feel that, I don't really feel that there's a lot of, you know, that, there's, that there are competitors in my, that are in my realm. There are a few, but, you know, I, I just think customers make their own decisions as far as who they want to give their business to. So I'm just, I always it at that. There is plenty of business in this area for everybody. There's plenty of room for everybody, but that's probably my, it was, it's probably my biggest pet peeve and the growing pains is when I see when I see my website plagiarize, it makes me mad, but
0: <laughs> it is what it is. So. Um, well, the, the cream will always rise to the top and integrity wins in the long run, in my opinion.
1: A hundred percent, I believe, a hundred percent. So, um, but yeah, so like I said, the, the best thing to do is to start off slow. You just start out, take baby steps. Baby steps, one thing at a time. Decide your niche and what you're good at and, and where to go from there. So I, I mean, I still do some cakes, but even though I started doing, doing just cakes, I realized the, the amount of time, as I mentioned before, the amount of time that goes into creating a custom cake is astronomical. It really yeah. is. And I don't think people realize that I have family members like, can you whip me up at two- <laughs> four o'clock today? I'm like, yeah, it doesn't quite work that way. There's baking and cooling and freezing and, yeah, and crumb coating and then freezing and then you know there's so much so much more that goes into it it's not it's not a two-hour process to whip up a cake
0: so yeah i was gonna ask you i said your your family parties must be off the hook i mean with with all the, the well i guess they're expecting you to do what you do in your business for the uh the family uh christmas party or something like that some
1: are there it's there, it's not expected anymore i think i set those expectations at the very beginning. Everyone got. Everyone got a lot of free stuff, and sometimes they still do, but everyone got a lot of free stuff in the family, but, um, you know, what, I, what, what was fun about that is I, I, I use that as a way to build my portfolio, too, whenever there was a family event, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll use this, I, you know, I won't charge you or charge you very, very little, and, but I know that that's going to grow my portfolio. Sure. So, if it's an event that I wanted to do, I don't have a lot of issue with with doing it for a really low price. So there are a lot of themes out there that I was really excited to do. I love when I get a theme that there, you know, th- themes are, there are hundreds and hundreds of different themes, but there are some that are, that are popular. If you have younger kids, um, there's some popular with older people. There are lots of different themes. And, um, you know, you see an example of something out there that was done, you know, in a different state or in a different country and put it on, put it on your list of, Oh, I would really love to do a theme, But, um, so, yeah, so, for example, I did a, we do, our family does a traditional, we make pasta every year in December. Uh, we make homemade cavatelli, my grandmother's recipe, and my brother, Tom, loves to have this event every year. It's a big party, invites uh, the whole family, and we just get together and make pasta, and we put it in the freezer, and then we when we get together on Christmas Eve, we make it. So, we actually cook it and eat it. Um but I did a pasta theme. I said, Oh, let's do a dessert table. So I did a pasta theme dessert table. That that was, so it was, that was really, really fun. So I did, it was, you know, created little, little noodles out of fondant and a little pile of powdered sugar that was the flour. So I've used all those different things that we've done as, as my portfolio and, and, you know, learning and growing. So it's Very been a cool. lot of, fun.
0: yeah. So we're in a climate now with the pandemic that we've never seen in our lifetime, at least yeah. ours. Yeah. How, is, how has that affected your business and how how have you been able to respond to it?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, the landscape has definitely changed. Um, but what, you know, what we did is I, last year on Facebook Marketplace, I bought a really inexpensive what um metal garden cart really cute garden cart and it's been sitting in my maybe it was two years ago but it's been sitting in my garage for two years and i thought i should probably do something with that garden cart i was going to offer smaller little a smaller display available that i bring in the cart and bring everything on it and i've been it's been in the back of my mind for the last couple of years so it was actually a perfect opportunity for me to get that out and paint it and freshen it up and um this, literally, the day that I was painting it, I got a call from somebody local in River Forest that said their, you know, their daughter's having a sweet sixteen and she's missing her big party. And can we, you know, are we doing anything, any sort of celebrations like that? So I quickly put a package together that included, you know, balloon garland and and this and this garden card and some smaller desserts because obviously it's a smaller party, it's a smaller amount of people. You know, just just family, like eight or ten people of family members. Um, And then I went and I set it up on their back porch. So, and then from that party, people saw it and, and, you know, it sort of has, has grown from there. Similar, similarly to how I do things in, in an event, you know, at a big wedding or a regular event. But so that's been really fun. So I've done a lot of special occasions. This cart has been everywhere. Actually we ended up, I ended up purchasing a second cart because it got so popular. So now there's two carts in our garage and barely any room for our cars to park. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It's not a bad problem to have. So yeah, these little cute little carts have been all over, all over Chicagoland. Mostly old park of River Forest, just because that's where it started. And it's nice. And it's, it's sort of like a local, a local thing that has spread. But yeah, we did a, we did a backyard prom for Trinity. We did, you know, a 15th or 14th birthday party. We did a baby shower. We did a, you know, a gender reveal party that somebody was having for a new baby. So yeah, we've just been adapting and doing uh, these these little little garden carts all over town. So it's been fun. And have to, I have to say it's been fun uh, to to do that and be a part of these little celebrations during quarantine.
0: Well, that's awesome that you're able to to modify your approach and still stay active even during this time when a lot of businesses are scaling back or even shutting down.
1: Yeah, there's so so many in the event industry that are shutting down because yeah, people have definitely. Put on hold these these really big events. Uh, obviously, we know that's where the where the where the problems with COVID arise are these large indoor events. So people have definitely paused these larger events. So um, yeah, I thought if there's a way for us to be outside and people can still celebrate, um, let's find a way to adapt. So yes, I I feel very very lucky and blessed that we've been able to, you know keep plugging along. Obviously it's not as much as it used to be, but it, but it, we've learned to adapt to it.
0: So what is something that you're trying to do or what are you hoping to do with Sweet Soiree for the future uh, what, what are the, the future plans growth or?
1: Um, that's and- an interesting question. Cause I'm, cause I, you know, I think about it all the time. Um, do I, I, I get asked all the time, do we have a storefront and, Uh, I'm debating, um, I, you know, I, I know exactly where I'd go if I, you know, what neighborhood I'd pick if I was going to do that. Um, that's, that's an idea. Um, I'm not sure because having a storefront comes with responsibilities of, you know, getting up and baking at four in the morning and, you know, that's not really who I am. So, uh, I'm not sure, but there are, there are definitely ideas. I don't know. I don't know if there's ideas of expansion. Um, I'm not sure, but I, I know for now, I, I for now it, it's healthy and satisfying and I love it. And, um, you know, I, I worry that if I, if I, if I dive in too deep, um, then, then the work becomes more work and less creativity and fun. Um, you know, that, 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 that the hard part outweighs the fun part. So there's trying to balance that. But I, I mean, I love where we are now. I love that we're part of events, but, um, you know, not that I don't have to rely on it every, every single day. You know, we're obviously events don't happen every single day. So um, I love the scale that we're at. But yes, yes. I'm thinking of possibly doing a storefront, possibly doing something with little party themes and something on that. Right, You know, some partial bakery, but more a party store. Um, where people come and get everything that they need for a party, for an event, um, you know, so not just focusing on the larger events like I do now, but smaller events, you know, mom wants m- mom wants to make her son's fifth birthday party special and have, you know, 10 friends over, but they want to make it special. So come to the shop and pick up, you know, all the des- all the themed desserts, some of the decorations and everything that you need, you know, without having to make three different stops at three different stores. Sure. Come anything you need for mine so that's an idea it's an idea that I've kicked around obviously it's more than an idea so it's something that I've kicked around and I just um still unsure if I'm going to pull the trigger on that but it's an idea and that's a thought
0: sure yeah the the brick and mortar is uh would be a shift in what you do right and you know that obviously that's going to require some thought
1: yeah, shift and big responsibility and and overhead and yeah, all that all that stuff to think about. So when obviously when brick and mortar is going away these days, so um, yeah, but it's but it's an idea and it's I, w- I mean I would definitely love to have a storefront of some sort, mm-hmm. and even if it's just a small little pickup window um, something. So there are definitely ideas in the works for sure.
0: So with all that you have going on, how do you? balance the the time personal family
1: um you do you know we just just make just make do um so it's not easy because a lot of time because you know events are happening on the weekends so that's not easy when you know friends and family are celebrating and you're working but you know it's what's nice about it is most of the most of the work I do can you know can be, be done or is done or has to be done a couple of days in advance. So if the event day is Saturday or Sunday, you're working you know what Thursday, Friday, baking and doing all that. So you can you can do that during you know sort of regular business hours and have your evenings free. Um, but if the event is a local event, if it's not somewhere that you have to drive to, if the event's a local event, then you're you're just setting up and the rest of your day is free until the event is over and you go back and break it down. So, you know, it's very rare that you have to stay on site. Like I said, we, I you know, I stay on site if it's something if, if it's an hour drive away or 45 minute drive away, I usually stay in the area. But if it's something that like I said, we're doing I'm doing a lot of business locally. Um, you know, if if family's out to dinner, I'll I say okay, I'll go set up my party and then I'll come meet you when I'm finished. So so it's it's not difficult to balance. As of right now, you know, it's, it's not really difficult to balance, but it's challenging when I have more than one event in a weekend. Um, I've done more than one event in a day and that's crazy. I've made myself crazy and I, I promised myself I wouldn't do it anymore, but it's been a while since I've done it, but I would still do it because I just can't help
0: myself. And you love what you do, so that's. I do.
1: I love what I do, and it's you know it's exhausting and exhilarating all at the same time. But I try not to do that. Even two events in a weekend is is challenging. It's challenging Mm -hmm. keeping everything separated. You know, you're baking at the kitchen for one event, you're baking at the kitchen for the other, and keeping it all keeping it all in your brain separated. um, It's it's a bit of a challenge. So I try not to do that, but I, I I I I do. You know, my sweet spot is is one event per weekend, and maybe one during the week. You know, there we do a lot of. I've done a lot of Thursday events before this, before the COVID happened. We did, you know, store openings and um, different different interesting events that that some retail establishments put on Thursday night was was a pretty popular night to do some things as well. So that was kind of a perfect balance of those of, of a few events during the week. Or one or two events during the week and one on a weekend was kind of a nice balance.
0: Okay, sure. Uh, it's good to find that balance because it's, uh, it, it can become overwhelming and you don't, you definitely don't want that. This is. Yeah, this no I mean, it's, fun.
1: It's Yeah, for sure. It's, it, it's finding the balance and just staying, you're saying no, turning down events is really hard for me. I, I hate to do it, but sometimes you just have to, if you're overbooked and um, you just can't, you can't do it all. can't it's impossible to do it all
0: that's true that's true so as we we close out here what's the most important thing people ought to know about sweet soiree or or you your business on a whole
1: um i would have to say that you know they we we love what we do um you know check us out because we absolutely love what we do we put um, our love and thoughtfulness into all the details that we create on every t- every dessert table, that there's a lot that goes into it. And um, we are happy, or I am happy when you are really happy and enjoying your event. So uh, I love being part of people's special celebrations and creating something special and, you know, that gives their guests uh, really special memories to keep with them.
0: Well, great. And how can people get a hold of you?
1: Um, They can go to DessertChicago.com and it'll take them right into our website.
0: Well, Joellen, (laughs) thank you very much for being my guest on Cecil's Unknown Achievers.
1: Thanks, Cecil. Thanks for having me. It was nice to catch up with you again.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. Have a good one. All right. You too. Thank you. Thanks for checking out the show. If you're looking for some creative ways to enhance your party or event, be sure to check out Joellen at DessertChicago.com. That's D E. S-S-E-R-T Chicago.com I'll see you next time on Cecil's Unknown Achievers.